So are you familiar with the Darwin Awards? I had to Google that, to be honest with you. You didn't know what it was. Because in our line of work, you're not going to, yours for sure. Yeah. Mine, no. I can't even think of a, a scenario. Well, I, 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 the one that I think of, uh, it might have come up in your, uh, when you were looking for Darwin Awards, a lawyer in Toronto would uh, uh, show off the strength of his windows in his office. He was up on the upper levels, and he would bang a quarter or bounce his body off the uh, off the pane of glass, and it would stay there every time until it didn't. And then he plum- plummeted to uh, multi-stories to his death. And uh, it's usually young guys. So would you say in your line of work, see the tie in there? <laughs> in, your, in your line of work, I, is it usually young guys you're most working with? Uh, well, no, now I have a, a partner that's only two years younger than me, so we've both been around the block. But yeah. um, I, you know what? Um, paramedics are a different breed, right? Of people yeah. that come into this line of work. So I honestly... No, no, not, not the paramedics themselves, the patients you see. Um, like our... Doing the Darwin Award bits. Like, is it usually young guys going, here, hold my beer and watch this story? <laughs> well, no, I arrive after the fact. Right. Right. So um, maybe earlier on in, in my career in the bar scenes, mm-hmm. but nothing that comes to mind, to be honest with you. Mm. Which is interesting. I need time to think about it. If not, I'll call you back. Yeah. Well, we should have poured booze on your throat. <laughs> yeah. We should have done. Um, so you couldn't think of what, eh? Pranks on your partners. That's a regular occurrence. So what's, what's the best? It mostly happens to me. <laughs> As opposed to me doing it. Why, are you still that gullible after 37 years? No, I'm just uh, that naive, I guess, Trusting. or just laid back. But my partner tends to put all his garbage in my lunch kit after the day. But <laughs> let me know that he loves me. Yeah. Well, you got to show it somehow, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's nonstop. There's, I mean, you got to, like we said, you got a warped sense of humor about some of the stuff we do. Yeah. Like we take the mannequin and set it up in somebody's locker. Just to scare the hell That's out of right, you. That's right. What's, what's your best oops moment? What's the, what have you done? Over the years, it's, you know, I hope the boys don't find out about this. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another book, another this. podcast, yes. right? Uh, I had one the other day, actually. Well, let's hear it. Um, we're loading a lady into an elevator to transport out. and We have a lot of equipment we carry, and the elevators aren't made for us. So you're trying to jam it in. You've got two big men in there with equipment, stretcher, patient. You're carrying everything. And I happen to have her pills in my hand. And the lid was not closed. Oh. And I was jammed against the back of the, the elevator. And you hear click, 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 all over the bottom of the elevator floor. So oh. What is that? I said, I don't know. I hope they weren't a bunch of nitro pills and you were holding No, no, no. They were just regular aspirin. But oh, okay. There was another oops there. Um, those things happen on calls. And yeah. you know what? It's good to have those things happen because they help you with whatever the call might be, the monotony of it. Well, they sharpen you up for the next one, too. Yeah, absolutely. And it happens to every one of us, no matter how long you've been on or short period of time, long period of time. It's part of the job, right? It's another notch in your belt. Yeah, another story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've screwed up a few things over the years, definitely. Nothing recently. That's Um, good. But I I remember patients would come to you. Well, you don't see patients, I guess, but... um, well, we'll do a trauma one. My my buddy and I, Larry Aho, we call him Chief. He, uh, we were young privates, and we were attached to the engineer engineer regiment on an exercise one time, and we slept in every day. There was nothing going on, so we must sleep in. And so one day, for whatever reason, I said, Chief, we got to get up and get going today. And we did. <laughs> and at that moment, we just pulled on our boots and were ready to go. The guy comes running up to our hooch where we were sleeping and said, there's been a vehicle overturned. Well, we're ready to go. 
And uh, we get out there, and Buddy's, you know what an Altus is? Yes. It's one of these, t- yeah, for those that don't, it's one of these tiny Volkswagen type uh, vehicles built by the Germans cheaply, and we, we got them probably expensively. And uh, there's very little room to work inside of them, and it's all metal and sharp edges. And at that time, if you didn't have a sea collar, well, you built one out of socks or whatever you had, right? And we didn't have sea collars. I guess we weren't trusted with them, or they just weren't in the system, whatever the hell. So we tied socks around them. We got them all tied down, all nice. But these stretchers that came slid out of the uh, back of the Iltis, you slid them back in and you locked them. Well, we take off down the road to get this guy to some better medical care because obviously we were dead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, 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 we had him in the Trendelenburg position, so that means feet up uh, higher than the head. And we're driving down the road and it slams down like it wasn't locked. It was just, what a shit show. That's more than an oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was probably operator error. Like you had had these freaking um, locks in place, but oops. <laughs> so he slammed down. Fortunately, he didn't have any fractures in his, his C spine or his back or anything like that. But he was a little sore. Not so much from driving off the road. He didn't actually over tip the vehicle. We got bad information. But he certainly felt that slam. <laughs> oh, not good. <laughs> no, not good. <laughs> Um, I don't know. That's the only uh, that's the only big whoops patient one that comes to mind. I mean, screwed around with weapons, put my sight on backwards, you know, things like that. <laughs> it happens, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're under stress. I mean, we have so many as well. I just can't remember. Uh, uh, you leave a piece of equipment behind that you needed, or I mean, the day gets crazy, right? You do yeah. so many calls yeah. sometimes, and uh, one runs into another, and you forget. But yeah. It is the nature of the beast, right? You just yep. got to learn to accept it and move on. That's absolutely right. Or get forced out of your trade because you're incompetent. <laughs> they, they Possibly. Kept me, they kept me in my trade. We want to stay in the green on the mental health continuum, <laughs> right? So, um, What else? There, oh, there was a, one other guy, a Bosnia story. I'll, I'll tell you. Whoops, patient story. Well, you think of one. Um, I'm again with the engineers. We're driving out to do a uh, mine clearance or proving or whatever we called it at the time. We come upon an accident, and its buddy f- has flipped his vehicle down a hill, and it's quite a ways down there. And the local population has uh, gathered around, and uh, they want me to go down this hill to go help the guy. And I want to go down the hill to go help the guy, but the engineers are going, "We don't know if that's mine cleared, Doc." And, and it's tough because you see him outside the vehicle and he's trying to crawl up the hill. Um, but you see children's toys all over outside the, uh, the vehicle. You know, shit. You know, I think I was going fucked at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom, if you're listening. Um, you're going, fuck. I got to go down there. And the boys are going, don't do it, Doc. <laughs> so I'm listening to our guys. Our interpreter is going, go down there. Go down there. You, you're, this is your job. Go down there. And I'm going... We don't know if it's mined. The locals are going, it's not mined. But they're not going down there. <laughs> so it gets ugly at this point. There's like 20 people. There's um, maybe more than 20. And uh, they're starting to get angry. And they're angry at me. So next thing you know, they're, they're swarming me. And somebody's trying to grab my weapons. And I scream out, they're trying to get my weapon. Weapons all of a sudden are, are readied. So all you hear is these uh, bolts sliding home with... Uh, with the, uh, the with the bullet in place, and that calmed things down immediately. 
so buddy i'm thinking this guy's drunk by the time all this action is happening uh um, has happened he's made it up the hill he's stink drunk as i knew he would be we get a uh get him up there and i package him up with uh, the cad and splinted everything that needed to be splinted we go to do the uh, the job come back to camp and the boss goes where's the cad uh somewhere in serbia maybe <laughs> well fortunately they didn't know how to use it so i go to the hospital the next day to try to i don't know what a kid cost but they didn't want to lose it and since i was the one that gave it away i had to go find it so i walked in there and i stumbled around till somebody spoke english and pointed me to a doctor and i through the interpreters wanted this green thing he says yes we have it i don't know what to do with it you need to give it to me <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. And I got it back. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been the hot tub NCO anymore. Oh, no kidding. That's another story. So anyways, do you have a patient? I, I do. I do have one. Um, it's quite humorous, actually. I'll decide. Not to the patient, but <laughs> it was really wrong in my career. So my partner and I get called for um, respiratory distress. Yep. We enter the, the How patient's... How old is the patient? Um, I think at that time, he's in his early 20s. Okay. So he's, um, I think... If I recall correctly, cystic fibrosis. He's on home oxygen, um, so he's having some tr- trouble breathing today. So we go and we do our typical assessment, and um, we didn't have the equipment that we have today: pulse oximeter, yeah. um, a manual uh, defibrillator that we carry. And anyways, trying to figure out why he's short of breath. He's on his home oxygen of four liters. Seems to be all right, but we don't have anything to gauge it. But looking at the patient is how you gauge it, and that's what we're doing. He just didn't look well, and he was. Yeah. Asking for help. Yep. I said to my partner, well, we just move him over. Maybe we might have to ventilate him if his respirations get any worse. Yep. Um, and I'm leaning in with him too, and I can't figure out why he's, he just seems to be so short of breath. There's nothing else pointing us in the direction. Yep. We move him over to our stretcher. Well, he seems to have improved. Both leaning in to listen. Oh, he's going downhill again. But on to us. His oxygen was underneath our stretcher and our boots. <laughs> we were standing on his O2 line, so that's why he couldn't breathe. <laughs> So it. there's your oops moment there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And a good one. So Yeah, it turned out well. All worked out, though. <laughs> patient survived. We've turned this into a patient story now. Um, this is a long rabbit hole. We'll stay with it for a minute. Yeah. No, it's an interest anymore. As a young private, go to, uh, go to Ottawa for a, uh, um, some training. And I was doing well, so they said, hey, you want to go work up on ICU? Work with some of the patients up there. Sure. I go up there. That's a quadriplegic. His name was Daryl, by the way. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah it's like my brother. I see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl seemed to have a lot of trouble. Anyway, um, he's a quadriplegic, so I go in there and I said, hey, I've never worked with uh, anybody, you know, was as injured as you. Um, if you need anything or I'm doing something wrong, just let me know. And he's having a conversation and he's, he's dripping sweat, perspiring, perspiring heavily. And it's bugging the hell out of me not doing anything to him but it's bugging the hell out of me so i think i'm gonna do the right thing i swab him off with a towel well he looks like he's trying to tell me something and he's red and, and his mouth is moving but there's no words and suddenly there's alarms going off in the machines and i look over and the nurses are running in towards me and i look down and i've knocked off his breathing tube <laughs> so i got my shit together i get the the uh, tube back in place and i go <gasps> fucking you guys <laughs> <laughs> He said, don't worry about it. It happens all the time. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm thinking, fuck, I nearly killed you. <laughs> it, That's it more than much, oops. Yeah, well, it happened much faster than that, but, you know, it was definitely a noops. 
I never need it again. <laughs> we all have them. They happen, yeah. right? So, you have another one? Um, let me think. Um, yeah, there was a time I had a, uh, an elderly female that she was scared to go in the ambulance. We get her on the stretcher, and she'd never been in an ambulance before. And I assured her that everything was going to be fine, that it would be a comfortable ride. Um, again, earlier on in my career, I have to put that out there. Uh-huh. Um, I thought I had her strapped in oh. to the ambulance itself, which hooks and automatic. Yep. We get moving down the road, and the stretch starts rolling around <laughs> in the back, and I'm trying to assure that it's all okay. This it's is all normal. normal. I need to lock this in. <laughs> so once I did that, things were good. But for the, it was a ride that she won't forget, nor will I. <laughs> yeah, so have you, do you have your favorite ride music going into a call? Well, actually, my partner and I have got this. We, I always hook my, uh, my phone into the, uh, the ambulance for tunes. And uh, we're known as Iceman in Hollywood. <laughs> so the Top Gun theme usually plays on a Code 4 long-distance drive, and Code 4 is an emergency call until proven otherwise when we arrive. Right. But hightailing it down the highway, lights and siren, we're playing uh, Danger Zone. So <laughs> that's kind of our thing. So. Uh, that's your thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go back to suicide again. Sure. <laughs> did, you, did you? When it comes to suicide in this area, do you find it's um, mostly the same do, do men tend to kill themselves in different ways than men? Or? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because my, earlier on in my career, I dealt with an awful lot of military. And it's no disrespect. They just know how to do it, and they do it well. Yeah. Um, to add to the story, and this is part of um, mental health learning too, was women did not want to do, generally don't. Um, firearms. Yeah, firearms. Hanging occasionally, but it's usually pills because they want to look good. And that's, that's the truth, yeah. right? Guys don't care. Yeah. I need out of here, and this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So a lot of hangings. With the military, there was a lot of, for a time period, there was a lot of uh, self-inflicted gunshot wounds, yeah. which are rare today, but they still occur. Yeah. Hangings very common, but my gosh, a lot of opioid overdoses yeah. is the route now. Well, opioids are everywhere. They're everywhere. Uh, they're mixed, different colors. We can go on and on and on with this, but uh, people have access to it. And that's why we, we put out stuff out there to help people. Well, you're able to get free Narcan. And exactly, right. Out. And it doesn't hurt to carry that in your vehicle. I yeah. think we're coming to the stage, too, that we're going to be like an old VCR, if I can use the term, or yeah. DVD player. We're going to be carrying our own AEDs. You'll have car. to look that up, kids. Yeah. yeah. We'll be carrying that around carry, in our cars. Oh, yeah. In your personal cars, you mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they're about fifteen hundred bucks, but it's a good investment to carry with you, right? Yeah, uh, I think you can probably get them much cheaper now, and and you can get them. Yeah, it's bulk. called children's aspirin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chew too, and yeah, I'll be there. Actually, do it. Yes, yeah, that that, that save lives. Yes, as as well as wives. Wives save lives. Do you guys use that uh, term? Like I told you earlier, it's important to have a, a good partner. I have a great one now, um, a lady that's with me that truly understands what I've gone through. I, you know, I'm a cancer survivor as well. So I've been down that road of all those things we talk about. Yep. Um, so I'm truly blessed. Each and every day is a gift. When yep. both those feet touch the ground, it's a good day. You, you mentioned blessed a couple of times. Do you uh, believe in a higher power or a God? Absolutely. I've had those experiences on calls. Yep. Um, I've been fortunate off-duty to bring somebody back. When I meet them again, an interesting story I had when I finally met this gentleman after so many years, I hadn't met him. He says to me, I said, are you so-and-so? He says, yes, I am. I said, I was the guy that was off-duty. You're the guy that took me away from the most peaceful place I've ever been to. 
It really set me back on my heels. Yeah. And it wasn't the first time I'd heard that. Yeah. I had pulled the gentleman out of the backseat of a, a military cruiser, worked on him. Same story. Yeah. He took me from a very peaceful place. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was kind of my job. But one of probably the most interesting one was a World War II nurse that had collapsed in the old West End Mall here in Pembroke. And I was, again, in the bank. And somebody recognized me and said, ladies collapsed here. We called 911. Can you give us a hand? Absolutely. Over I went. Yep. She was no vital signs. Worked on her. Um, crew arrived. We worked a few more minutes on her and, and got uh, a save out of it. Yeah. Um, so when I was working again, I'd ask the nurses. I said, hey, did... Uh, How'd that lady make out that came in with the crew that I was off duty with? Oh, she's upstairs. She'd been calling, trying to find out who you are. They're all looking for you. So, well, I'll slip up in between calls and just say hi. Yeah. I go upstairs to see her. I poke my head in the room. The family's all around her, and they're all lit up. There he is. That's the guy. And I said, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Darren McLaughlin. I was the, the off-duty medic that was one of the individuals that helped you that day. Yep. She has me a blank check. Tells me to fill in the amount. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> this family around you is reward enough. And I left it at that. thought oh, that was cool. It was going yeah. away. No. Her daughter happened to sit on the board at Pembroke uh, Regional Hospital. Yeah. Wanted to do something about it. Yeah. So I get notified by the city of Pembroke that they want to honor me with a, an award for saving somebody's life. And I went, this is my job. Yeah. So I use it as a platform to teach CPR. Yeah. Here's why this isn't about daryl this is about doing cpr and and helping your fellow person and graciously accepted the war but used that as a platform thought it went away no they contact me again for her 70th wedding anniversary to her man that's with her so i'm the special there's a long lineup of people to see her i'm at the back of the line they see me i get ushered to the front (laughs) of the line i just said i just wanted to say uh, you know congratulations big hug and everything so it was that's the rewarding side of the job. Yeah. I didn't expect this to go as long as it did. Yeah. But I believe that I'm very blessed. Yeah. And when I was diagnosed with um, medullary thyroid cancer, I asked for the same kind of assistance. I've been blessed to help. Maybe somebody could help me. Yeah. Here I am. And how long ago? Uh, that was 2013. February 12th, 2013. Nice. And here I am. So I just take a little... So what type of cancer was it, sorry? It was medullary thyroid cancer, okay. so it's in your thyroid. It's very aggressive. It's yep. very rare, more commonly in men than women. Yep. Um, so I self-diagnosed, sort of speak, because I was shaving for work, and I noticed, I go, geez, the lump looks like a goiter. Okay. Had it checked out? No. It's, uh, was it fixed? What, it, yeah, the best way to describe it is like the yolk inside the eggshell. Yep. It hadn't cracked yet, so yep. it wasn't in my lymph nodes. I was very lucky that That's way. Good, yeah. Totally removed, and I take a little blue pill every day. Not the one I want to be taking, <laughs> but anyways... This saves my life. So. Well, you, you want to take it unless <laughs> yeah, you sure, CPR why not, right? or, or electro. So there's my story in a nutshell. Oh, that's good. So what, what kind of treatments did you get? Um, I did no radiation whatsoever. Right. I was uh, put on... Hence uh, no scarring in the voice for radio. Uh, you know what? The first little while, like I was playing... Not that I plan on making a career out of it, but playing with my guitar, I couldn't sing. Yeah. Not that I could anyway, but I mean, I could not generate... Yeah any kind of voice so that took about four months before something actually probably september yeah from the time the surgery was which was in february but no i just take the um uh, synthroid pill once a day yeah and i get blood work done usually twice a year to maintain the, my levels yeah um i have an ultrasound every three years to check to be sure there's nothing there um and other kinds of tests that they'll run but i had no uh, radiation nothing like that okay it was never anywhere else um, I did a um, 
genetic testing to see if my son had the same issue. Yeah. Not there. Um, other family members, and it was the final diagnosis was it was a fluke. So again, I believe I was blessed, and yeah, there is a higher power. Somebody's looking out for me. Okay. Um, well, he might also be looking after my buddy Chief, who I mentioned earlier. Not only did we get out of bed on time one day, right? Um, he he was recently diagnosed with stage four pro- prostate cancer. He had uh, he had had a full complete medical a year prior, and um, he he came back to the doctor. He says, "I'm tired all the time." Like. He, he slept a lot. Like, I've known him for years, and he always slept a lot. But he says, this seems excessive. I don't, I, I don't wake up feeling strong and vigorous, and, you know, I need the blue pill kind of thing. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle, I don't know if he needed the blue pill. <laughs> to hell with you, Chief. Anyway, um, <laughs> they will listen to this. Um, and uh, he, he, they diagnosed him with stage 4 prostate cancer. Within a year, they did the, all the work. Um, but he's, he took some kind of experimental drug and some uh, um, hormone therapy and something else they were doing to him, I can't remember. And so the, the tumors have uh, that were in his lymph nodes. Uh, it's uh, PS, uh, PSE, um, uh, the prostate indicator, yep. is next to nothing. It's almost zero. And the, uh, the growths he had in his lymph nodes have shrunk to less than half. And he's, he feels vigorous. He's looking good. It's good as you ever look, Chief. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So I guess the doctor told him, he said, we can't say we have a cure for cancer yet, but this is as close as we're coming right now. So he may well be a success story like yourself. Oh, you know what? And to add to that, what I did prior to, because I knew it was a lump, was, um, and this is a medical thing for anybody out there who wants to try it, um, three times a day I'd have a, uh, a spoonful of raw um, asparagus, all chopped up. Yep. Asparagus is known to reduce uh, tumors in the body. Also filters your kidneys, right? So okay. that's what I went and did. <laughs> and Essiac, it's Cassie spelled backward. You buy it at Walmart. Really? And you take it like cough mist, you follow it, or you can do it in a tea or pill form. Yep. And this was created by a, a veteran uh, World War One or Two nurse. And uh, I love nurses. Yes, absolutely. Nurses are great. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They are. There's been a couple of you out there and you know who you are. <laughs> Charlene, you're not one of them. <laughs> um, they're great nurses. Charlene, you're one of the great nurses. And uh, do you find in your line of work that nurses are a big help or are they kind of a hindrance? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, today, I think all of us nurses, doctors, uh, frontline medics, we're all, uh, especially with COVID, uh, overworked. Like it's just, it, it's every day it's busy. And they're under tremendous amount of work too. I'm with the patient for a short period of time. Yep. They're with them a much longer time. Yep. So and they put up with the abuse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So the, we're all part of a team, but some of us uh, are with uh, the patients much longer and have a lot more to deal with. Yeah. So certainly hats off to them. Absolutely. We all play a role in helping you survive, right? Yeah. So You're very uh, team orientated. Well, I think nobody's, uh, we're not superheroes when I put on a cape, right? Look, I can't believe you're so sincere. <laughs> well, it's this true. This guy sitting across from me, folks, seems very sincere. I, you can't be successful alone, right? Yeah. There's no I in, you know, a team is... Well, I'm sure there's times you can be successful alone. Perhaps. But we probably shouldn't touch on that. But I, I believe that as a team, we make the difference. That's the outcome, right? From yeah. the moment that person that made the phone call, they're part of the team. Yeah. I treat you. I'm one portion of the team. I deliver you. They do their thing. That's another part of the team. Yeah. Surgery is another part to when, your success. When have you seen the that breakdown? Um, communication. 
And what, what is, what's the problem? Um, we can begin with frontline. That's critically important to pass on critical information when it's needed to steer them in the direction they need to go to can treat you give the patient. Example? Um, so trauma, we see it, right? Yep. It's right there. Shit Can't happens. miss it. Yep. Underlying medical conditions are the most difficult to try and find, right? Well, because again, you have such a short time, right? True. Yep. So as a paramedic with experience, um, you tend to have a little bit more gut or hunches because, you know what, I've seen this before. Yep. This is definitely this. And you may be dealing with a new nurse that's out of school um, that never seen it and go, you know what, you may want to go down this path. Steer the doctor in this direction. Yeah. But they're going to do tests anyways. Yeah. So those are examples of it because being a, we're also medical detectives too, right? Trying to find these issues. Yeah. And my limited time gives, I've got so much to run through and go, oh, I hope this is what this is. It's always, my practice has been to err on the side of caution, over-treat and under-treat. Yeah. And I won't miss anything, right? Definitely. And, and again, that head-to-toe or that however you do it, toe-to-head. Yeah. Shouldn't be doing a toe to head, but if that's yeah. the way it, it is, head to toe, you do that, you do it diligently, and you keep rechecking, you're going to get more positive outcomes. Absolutely, and then you communicate that effectively, and you're going to have successful outcomes. Have you ever worked with some complete dolts? <laughs> I think we all do in our line of work. Yes. So I believe my job as a, as a seasoned veteran would be to guide in the right direction if they're willing to take that path and not feel slighted. What path would you... Try to the right direction to... A fireman. Uh, you know what? Take the time. Show them, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, I've done this countless times. Um, I've been asked by the fire department, we want to bring the rig in, Daryl, and uh, give the guys a tutor, and they can ask questions. I said, absolutely. Open the truck up. Here's the drug bags. Ask me whatever you want. If I'm on scene and I need this, you'll know where it is. Right. You can go grab it. It's a learning experience for them, too, because I think uh, if you were to ask any fireman, uh, medical stuff is scary for them, because that's yeah. not what they're set out to do, right? Yeah. What 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 angers you the most about uh, your job? Um, I think the politics, because they make the job more difficult than it needs to be. Such as? You'll have things come down from the Ministry of Health, or I think one that bugs me the most, if I can say, is those who have been in the job for a short period of time get out and they end up being administrators. Then they tell you how it should work. We'll pause there. Add administrators. Okay, part two. Um, we're just talking about... Um, um, what do you hate? Um, so administration was kind of kind of it. But what with dealing with the public, do you most despise? You know what? This is a good one because uh, of late I've noticed since the introduction of nine one one, people will use that to their advantage. COVID's a good example. I can't get to my doctor. I can't change my pills. I'm calling nine one one. I'll get into emergency. I'll get ahead of you who's been sitting in there for a while. Doesn't work that way. We have a triage system that we use. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of abuse of 911. There is. Um, I carry this thing around on my phone. I show I showed a doctor to you. That he goes, that's great. It, it's like the mental health color continuum. This is when you need to see your doctor. This is when you need to self-look yeah. after yourself. This is 911. Yeah. And when I first started the job, we would have emergency service week or day. We do have emergency service week, but we'd have emergency service day where we'd be out there in the public with our vehicle and our display and so on, and answer those questions. And one of the things I would always tell them is, this is what you call 911 for. I used to go to the schools with the kids, and I would show them a coloring book of somebody blowing their nose, and I'd say, do you call 911 for this? And all the kids would say, no. Guy falls out of a tree and breaks his leg. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that with the adults, yeah. because we take advantage of it. Yeah. So you're calling me for nonsense. 
when Mrs. Smith needs me for a fire more, yeah. her husband's not breathing and yeah. I can't go because I'm stuck here with you. Yeah. And that happens a lot. And it's very frustrating yeah. as a veteran seasoned medic. It's even worse. Cause yeah. she's like, oh, come on. I, I, I worked uh, well, a number of hospitals for training over the years. And I was with um, uh, Toronto sick kids and you would see it all the time, you know, and these kids are, are sitting there for hours and they're running around the, the room and they're happy and they're jumping. I'm thinking, why are they here? <laughs> you know? And uh, to me, the most frustrating thing was you'd walk into the room the kid's jumping around all over the place. My kid isn't feeling well. Really? <laughs> no, what's wrong? Um, well, he hasn't pooped in three or four days. Okay. He's fine. Um, did you, do you have a family doctor? Yes, we saw him this afternoon. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I don't have the most friendly visage. And I try to keep, the, I try to keep that smile up there. <laughs> but uh, I go... What did he tell you? Oh, it'll pass. That's what I'm going to tell you. Take the kid home. She's fine. If she starts becoming lethargic or severe pain, bleeding, then bring her in. But give her a little little time and she'll give her some more water, less meat, and she'll be fine. But all the time. We face it too. Like you, the first question I asked, when were you put on these medications? Yesterday. Yeah. You realize you got to let them run a course, right? Well, it didn't work. You only just took it yesterday. <laughs> so that's frustrating. You called yeah. 911 for that. Yeah. So I find, we find, uh, my partner and I certainly are finding ourselves educating more than ever before. Yeah. This is what you really should call. We're not saying, no, we won't take you because we can't do that. Yeah. But this is what we advise you. When COVID first hit, you could throw a rock down the street and no one hit anybody. It yeah. was so quiet. Yeah. People were afraid to call. People were afraid to go in because they thought they'd get COVID. Yeah. Again, communication and Maybe we have too much media out there. Yeah, maybe we do. Because media, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. And if there's any kind of scandal, Absolutely. Let's, let's push it. Yeah. And in today's, you have so much information at your fingertips, but there's also that information that you should stay the hell away from. Uh, well, I run into Dr. Google an awful lot. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. So. Google is my nemesis and yes. my friend all yes. at the same time. Um, I mean, I've used Dr. Google on any number of occasions, but I know the source to go through. You know, so you're not going to, you know, some quack. You know, you get breast cancer. Five out of the six doctors that you see recommends this treatment for you, and it'll be almost 100% effective. You take, you take that one, one other doctor, who's me, who says, I show up with chicken, chicken uh, fat and some lime drink, and I rub it all over your breasts, you'll be fine. Who are you going to pick? <laughs> I hope you pick me because yeah. I got the chicken fat ready yes. to go. Yeah. You know, it's, it, but it's that kind of scenario. They'll read this and, you know, doctors Google and his cousins all weigh in and say, you know, use this dewormer and COVID will be cured and you'll be fine. Uh, you know, we have careers based in science. So it makes sense that most of us are, are going to be in online with science. When did we become so scientifically illiterate? I know that's not in your, uh, your, your training manual, but... I think the invention of the internet and the media that we talked about can be a little bit scary for people, and that's yeah. what they go by. So many times you get to a call, well, I read this. Yeah. That's why I called you. Yeah. Um, that's a little frustrating because I go to school for half of this stuff. Yes. I have training in microbiology. I, I'm not a microbiologist, but I can tell you how 
the immune system works. And don't tell me the mRNA vaccine isn't a vaccine. Yes. <laughs> There's another one. And I constantly say, what does my shoulder flash say? Paramedic, emergency services. Yeah. Is this an emergency? No. I mean, but I understand why people are doing it. Um, they're scared. They, they got no other way. Doctors. They have no other way, yeah. right? Especially in this area, family doctors. It's ridiculous yeah. that we can't. And I get that. I mean, I got lucky. I, I retired, and that next day I had a doc. She had just moved into the area, and uh, she's great. Um, I wish there were more of her. And but there are. There is no. There is no. Um, Easily accessible medical care here. Well, I'm well, sure you're familiar with VTAC. Yep. It seems to be generating a lot of interest and working quite well. Yep. Um, certainly, like anything, there's probably bugs to work out, but it seems to be the answer thus far. Well, explain VTAC for those listening. It's a virtual triage system. So you make the phone call, for example, you can't get the medications that you'd normally get. You can't get a hold of your doctor. Um, you're running out. A doctor will call you in a t- certain amount of time frame. Yeah. They'll triage you according to. They'll either speak to an administrator, pass you on to somebody else, they'll set you up with a doctor, or you could even end up speaking to a, a paramedic on the, yeah. on the phone. So that's something we never had before that gives the public a little bit of sense of ease. That, you know what, I'm just going to call VTAC, and they'll tell me, do I need an ambulance? Or How long has it been in the system now? That's been around for quite a while. When COVID started, that's really yeah. when it jumped to the forefront. Yeah. And uh, it seems to be continuing to grow. And as long as the ministry continues to fund it and um, keep it viable, it's it's working for people. Well, so. are they still funding the poison control unit? You could phone in and uh, say, my kid has just ingested this. I'm not sure where the funding is for that, but I'm just, it's still available to call poison is, control, yeah, which has worked out of CHEO, believe it or not. Okay, in, I haven't heard about it in years. Yeah. Um, I haven't used it. Um, I've used it on a few times on a call. Because yeah. even at the hospital, they'll call CHEO. Yeah. And call that line and, and ask. Yeah. So it's it's another avenue too. What's the most outrageous patient you've ever had? Well, your psych patients are. Yeah. Excited <laughs> delirium is one of them that yeah. reaches the top. And um, once we use the bring it up again, ketamine or yeah. um, drugs of that nature makes a huge difference. Whereas before we never had access to any of that. Yeah. So you've recently been given a broader scope of medications to work from, have you not? Like yeah, the there's five the, years of them. Yeah, there's a lot more that uh, we we use that we've never used before. And you know what? Every year there's an evaluation. Okay, we're going to try this drug or this drug works. But again, some of those drugs you can't administer until you're on a phone with a patch doctor and going, this is what I have. This yeah. is what I want to give. And then they'll give us the order to right. do so. And ketamine for those out there that don't know what it is. Um, it's a it's an excellent uh, drug. Uh, we use it as a hypnotic for uh, patients who are, especially uh, youth patients. Say they have a dislocated shoulder, um, you give them a shot of ketamine, they'll scream like a son of a bitch as you're putting the uh, shoulder back into place. But they come out of the ketamine not knowing what happened. Mom and dad who are standing outside the door listening to their kids scream <laughs> are wondering what's going on. But the kid doesn't remember a thing. So yes. Vitamin K is definitely a good Yeah, we can't, we use it for our protocol states for only excited delirium type of nature of calls, yeah. whereas the alternative for the pain one was either morphine, fentanyl, toradol. Yeah. Even um, we administer a lot of um, Tylenol and uh, ibuprofen. Yeah. Very simple. Do you use toradol a fair bit? Uh, yeah, it's, it's there, but it's part of your arsenal of what you have to use, right? You use it for migraines or? Um. Not you can get a patch it. order for certain uh, for certain things like that. You, you there's a set protocol that we follow, and um, it's very clear exactly which drug to use and when to use it. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt to pick up the phone and call the patch doctor and go, "This is what I got. This is what I want to do." 
and they'll give you an order for maybe Toradol and morphine. What uh, what would you like the public to know about paramedics? What's your what's your darkest secret, or what what <laughs> what what do you want them to know and understand about paramedics? I think out there right now we're still behind the eight ball when it comes to fire and police. And there's no disrespect to those agencies. Like I've mentioned earlier, we all have a role to play out yeah. there, and paramedics have come a long way. But I still think we lack the respect that maybe we probably deserve. COVID brought us to the forefront, yeah. saying, oh, those first responders are... And they were. I mean, they were the, we were the ones going in the homes and diagnosing and finding it and bringing it into the hospital. Well, and finally got a little bit of respect for that, but um, it's a work in progress. Well, Hollywood doesn't give you a lot of opportunity to uh, get the flash. Well, you gave yourselves the Maverick and the... Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hollywood and Iceman. Yeah, you, you've got that shit together. Well, you but know I what? Mean, really, what were you guys looked at as... As just guys, you can't ambulance drivers. Yeah, ambulance, ambulance drivers. drivers, and you still hear that from time to time. Old school, all you're just ambulance drivers. Um, now How that we're doing more, we're. Uh, you know what? It's a uh, an opportunity to educate them. Yep. Um, you would re- recall the show Emergency Squad yes. Fifty One, Johnny Roy. Well, yep. that was what I grew up on. That's what lured me to what I do. Yeah. Still a big fan today. So um, <laughs> I haven't seen it in ages. It's all. I always look at it as an opportunity to educate the public on what paramedics do and how important we are. Yep. And we can get into that all day. We talk about pay scales and stuff like that. We're still at the bottom of the rung. Yep. We're the busiest of all three agencies. Uh, we respond to far more calls. Um, in the cities, it's obviously different because it's a set protocol. Whereas around here, we have volunteer services. Uh, the base has a, a fire department that responds to everything on base, and we work closely with them. Pembroke Fire is the same way. Yep. Town of Petawawa is volunteer, so it takes a while. But still all working together because now you see more paramedics joining the fire department, yep. bringing that experience that with experience, them into the yeah. fire so that we're Does just like, the other way around firefighters uh join paramedics much probably not because you get less pay actually uh two of them did they took the uh they, they currently both work at uh, cnl as firefighters but they're also paramedics with us yeah. so they brought that with them and they found it was an eye-opening experience and changed their attitude towards what paramedicine is all about yeah. and how critically important we are so i think it's it's an education that's constantly growing to educate the public and others about what we are, what we do, and how important we truly are. But somehow you got to get the uh, get the word out there. Absolutely, so this is a single, great forum. Single handedly, uh, folks, Daryl McLaughlin. Well, McLaughlin <laughs> is bringing sexy back to the paramedics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing his best. Hey, you got a full head of hair there, don't you? Well, yeah, I do. This yeah. is all natural. It's too bad. Despite chicks, what Tater may tell you. <laughs> chicks dig bald guys. You're, you're, you're well behind the eight ball, my friend. Tater, on the other hand. I have to get him in here to bust your balls sometimes, too. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you'd like the uh, people to know out there? Uh, you know what? Um, I've actually enjoyed this forum and an opportunity to speak at what we do and how uh, like PTSD just isn't for military or fire. It's, it's all of us. We yeah. all experience it one way or another and it's real yeah um and maybe the next time they call or they think about us they'll realize wow you know what these guys do see an awful lot and do an awful lot yeah and you and you bring it back to an important an important point um young guys that are not necessarily young guys but guys and and women who are uh who are experiencing you know flashes of anger um loss of appetite loss of interest in in uh Daily activities, don't want to eat, don't want to have sex, um, or you're, you're getting poor sleep. 
these are all signs that you may have a mental injury going on. What what do you tell these people? What are you going to say? This is an opportunity to get help and that it's okay yeah. that you're feeling those things. Those are normal, to be honest with you. That'll get you on the path of getting it fixed. I wouldn't say 100% repair. Yeah. It's a work in progress like anything. Yep. Um, but the fact that you recognize those things will put you in the right direction, I believe. And what what if somebody else is telling you this? If they're telling me this? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, Thank you. I had my moments of brilliance. Yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> Despite what Tater says. <laughs> Tater's a bastard. I've yeah. never liked him. I think just, you know what? Um, stay focused on on what it is when you go into these lines of work or whatever, there has to be a sense of focus, right? Um, Every day I put the uniform on, I go out the door. It's, you know what, it's time to put my game face on and face the music and stay focused on what I do. And don't let it look at somebody dies on my shift. Oh, you know, that's, that's my job. That's what I face. Um, I think once you wrap your head around that, what it is you do and that you're going to face no different than the military, you know, you're going to to deploy things are going to happen. Right. Yeah. So staying focused and realizing and understanding what it is that you're set out to do yep. may help you in the long run. Right. So to paraphrase you then, um, having a mental injury um, or or something you're stressed, continually stressed about, go seek help. Um, Absolutely. There's no stigma. You're not going to hold it against them. Um, hopefully your your chain of command is 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 well-versed in, in mental health, mental injuries and is aware that leaving it is not gonna gonna help it. Um, so get out there and get help. And where would you say get help from? Well, there's certainly with our line of work. There's um, our peer support program was set up, and then they'll send you to um, other agencies that they've hooked up with that can help you. Um, in Pembroke, there's um, uh, your own family physician can set you up as well. Yep. Um, I just can't think it off the top of my head. Uh, there is, some a, of our stuff there is, is something in Ontario. I should have the list. Yeah, and there's also web pages from the uh, uh, mental health um, organization yep. as well. Provides you with those avenues. With our line of work, we have uh, a phone we can call anonymously and speak to somebody. Yep. So those avenues are out there for everybody as well. And I encourage to use it because there's, there's no harm in admitting that you've got a. Uh, we, how can you, for somebody like me, like work this long and not have any yeah. issue? It happens, right? Well, I mean. You're an you're an anomaly, um, as I've been told. <laughs> so I mean, you're you're not your average Joe, um, paramedic. The, you are no doubt going to, somewhere along the line, be affected by something on your job. You've been fortunate enough to be able to put it away in your, uh, in your in the drawers of your mind. Do you use any special tools? Do you meditate? Do you? Uh, I did yoga for a little while. Yoga? Believe it or not. Um, um, Continuing to get out and play hockey once or twice a week yeah. is good for my mind. So physical fitness? Absolutely. I would yeah. encourage that. Yeah. Um, talking with your partner, loved one, or whatever is yeah. it critically important. So they understand your thought process yeah. on, on your on your day or your or experience. why you're being particularly quiet. That's not always good either. But I, I'm guilty of that as well, yeah. right? Uh, because it's, it, to understand the first responder or the paramedic or the, the, the frontline military fellow, it's, it's difficult for those who don't. You and I would certainly understand it yep. and have a mutual respect of that, where the other person may not understand that, and to them, they their response is fear. Yeah. Right? So, 
Yeah, fear is a big one. Yeah, so... Uh, but Don't. fear, fear, you can as a supervisor, you can use as a motivator as well. Absolutely. I mean, we can yeah. we can help you pass this fear by giving you the help. Yeah. And, uh, I, we've said it countless times through here: is just acknowledging it is the first. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like I, being an alcoholic. Absolutely, you, you have to. Yeah. Don't look at my glass of whiskey like that. <laughs> <laughs> I start my day with coffee, but some of us. <laughs> well, Cheerios, and I was out of milk. <laughs> I threw some blueberries on it, though. It should be all right. It's all good. Um, so I guess last word to you. You're the last word. What do you want to say? Well, thanks for the opportunity. I hope that um, somebody gets something out of this. Uh, mental health-wise, is, it's, uh, it's okay to talk about it because it's yeah. out there. Um, if I've been able to, to pass on any kind of information to help anybody, that's great. Um, Where does one go to become a paramedic? Last word to you. <laughs> well, there's colleges in Ontario, yeah. right, that you, you apply to, and um, you go there to two-year course. You can go from uh, primary care paramedic to advanced care paramedic to critical care paramedic. Can you yeah. uh, do ride-alongs? Only once you're a student. So okay. since, even before COVID, uh, insurance restrictions, pri- uh, privacy issues. We had military medics ride with us for the longest did, time. Yeah. I think they still do to a certain extent, but with COVID, that stopped. And the plain fact that they're short of people. Yeah, and it was an opportunity for them to practice um, their skills because yeah. they weren't getting that opportunity. Yeah. Um, Unless you're at war and in a, in a yeah, they they would uh, they'll tell you that they push a broom far more than they open up a medical. Account. Absolutely. So it was an opportunity to help them yeah. and educate them, and they were their eyes were open to wow, you know what, you guys are, this is crazy. Yeah, you guys so, do some cool shit. Yeah, we see some cool shit. We yeah. do some cool shit, but it's um, like I said to you earlier, it's self rewarding, and I have thirty seven years of self reward, I guess. But absolutely, and and you know, I would have still been in that. I've been able to stick it out. Uh, but because of my own personal conditions, shit happens. Yeah, but true. I, I love But job. you're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all relative. <laughs> um, you, you, you do the job because you love the job. And medicine is great except for the patients. However, <laughs> there are some of those patients that really make your day. No matter how messed up they are or, you know, m- maybe it's their, their courage that's taken them through or the way they're holding up... Uh, under the, the pressure of seeing their loved one injured or whatever. People, we do, we do this job, and I'm sort of speaking for you here as well, because we love people, and uh, we love to help. And kudos to you for doing it so damn long. Well, thank you. I think you're a sucker for punishment. <laughs> well, yeah, I could be. <laughs> okay, absolute last word for you. The last word. Yep. Thanks for the coffee. <laughs> You're welcome. And the chat. Yeah, come back anytime. Brother. Yeah, happy to do it. Okay, um, and seriously, if you think of another topic, you get on the phone and tell me. <laughs> All right, folks, that was Daryl McLaughlin. And uh, I actually pronounced his last name correctly. McLaughlin, you did. It All took right. you the whole podcast, but you did. <laughs> I'm famous for fucking up last names. <laughs> anyway, even people I've known a long time. That happens. Anyways, Daryl's been, uh, been on the job for 27, 37 years. Um. And if you see him coming, you know you're in good hands. So uh, cheers to you, Daryl. Thanks for coming out, and you're welcome back anytime. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for being had. And on the dramatic music. Dramatic music. Dramatic music. Well, we have no dramatic music. I don't know why. <laughs> so hi, hi to mom. Hi to the three listeners that are out there. And uh, come back again. Thanks, y'all.